0: Welcome to Buzz with Brian. I am your host, Brian. We're going to talk about beer, the history, and drinking. Before today's episode, I have a special announcement, and really it's a thank you. Thank you to all the Buzz with Brian fans that voted a few months ago to help nominate me to maybe become Madison's Best Podcast. That's right. The second round of voting is here for the year 2023, the entire month of June. We're going to be able to log in. You can check out the link that I have in the show notes. Uh, You can only vote one time this time around. It's not a daily voting thing. But please do consider voting for me as Madison's Best Podcast for 2023. And to help celebrate this month of June, being the voting month, you're going to see a lot of Madison-based, Dane County-based businesses on the show. So I really hope you enjoy it, and thanks again for voting. On to today's show. Hey there, beer fans. Welcome back to another episode of Buzz with Brian. Thank you for tuning in this week and every week. And speaking of weeks, we are officially a whole week into summer here, and we are going to kick off this episode with a little style history. That's right. I know I've been delivering a lot of great, great guests on the pod lately and had plenty of people from the craft brewing industry, the craft beverage industry with our first distillery we had on a couple weeks back. Uh, But we are going to bring it back around to some good old style history to round out the month of June here. In spirit of summer, we are sponsored by air conditioning. That's right, the wonderful, modern-day product that keeps you cool on a hot summer day. Back to the style history of the day, we are going to cover the Goza style. That's right, G-O-S-E, Goza. And accompanying the style, we have a wonderful product out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, coming from Third Space Brewing Company. This is the watermelon Goza that we are featuring on the pod today. So, without further ado, on today's show... Goze? Goze? Goza? Which one is it? Well, as I alluded in the episode intro, it is properly pronounced as Goza. So if you're out at the brewery and you're like, how do you pronounce that style again? Don't worry. I said it wrong and I still say it wrong all the time. But Goza is technically the proper pronunciation of that word. So on the light of the Goza style, some typical characteristics, this beer will pour a wonderful straw to medium amber color with a little bit of cloudiness that's acceptable and that likely comes from the unfiltered malted wheat bill. And speaking of the wheat, typically in a Goza style, it's going to be up to even 60% wheat in the grain bill from a traditional sense. When we look at the defining characteristics of the Goza style, there are three main things that come to mind. The first is that it's going to be a refreshingly sour beer. uh, And there's going to be a low to medium lactic acid character that provides that sharpness to this beer style. Number two is going to be coriander. Uh, Traditionally speaking, there was coriander added to this beer and it provides a bit of a citrusy peppery tang uh, to accompany some of that sharpness of the sour. And last but not least, we finally have is the salt. Salt has to be a Component to a goza style to really be a goza style. Traditionally, it was in very low amounts, and this was due to the brewing water. And we'll get more into that with the history. However, modern interpretations can have varying levels of intensity of salt as it's added in after the fact um, to the brewer's liking, or I guess before and too. They could adapt their water chemistry on the front end. And then this beer is going to be quite sessionable. It's a great summer beer. You know, we're doing this episode with. Big intentions for summertime. Good summer style. It's gonna be anywhere from four and a half to five and a half percent ABV and five to fifteen IBUs. It's gonna be really easy going on the bitterness. And you're gonna wanna serve this beer in a wonderful big tall flute glass and served at about a 40 to 50 degree temperature. So overall, really crushing style, really refreshing, and I'm excited to talk some history. Where in the world are we exactly with this style? I think that's a great place to start. So the Goza is a very traditional German style of beer, and it's been around for, some argue, a whole millennia. (laughs) It's one of the actual older beer styles to come out of the great brewing country of Germany. And the inception ranges from, like I said, 600 to 1,000 years ago. And it's thought to be coming from this little town of Goslar, which is in modern-day Eastern Germany. Many feel that this is where the name comes from, as the town has a small little river named Goza flowing through it that provided the excellent quality brewing water for this style of beer. So, pretty easy namesake as far as this style goes. More on that water in the river. So, the groundwater sourced here in the town of Gozlar where the Gose River was, Uh, had a high concentration, and still does, has a high concentration of mineral deposits such as copper, zinc, lead, and salt. And the high salinity of this water is thought to have created the traditional sharpness, that, that salty bite that you get with this style of beer. So, now that we've covered the accepted birthplace of this style, we need to talk about the town that actually popularized it a uh, different place. So we're going to travel roughly 110 miles away from Goslar to the town of Leipzig. And I'm sorry for all my German friends out there if I'm butchering these pronunciations, but uh, I guess Leipzig maybe, I don't know, but <laughs> L-E-I-P-Z-I-G. And in this town, it's where brewers from Goslar and the surrounding area of that city were just getting poached and people from this area the lipstick area wanted to have these you know renowned well sought after brewers start brewing their style of beer in their own town because we got to remember a millennia ago 500 years ago either way roads were bad beer spoiled it did not get transported at very far distances so everything that you drank was brewed locally and if you wanted to you know a cut of the good stuff you had to bring someone over to brew it <laughs> so by the early mid 1700s the style really started to become popular in leipzig many brewers were already making their own batches there um, there isn't even a 1740 description of the goze style that states the beer ferments itself without the addition of yeast so this tells us that traditionally speaking um, this beer was likely a mixed culture, spontaneously fermented beer with wild yeast and then lactobacillus, our good friend lactobacillus, the bacteria strain that produces lactic acid, providing the souring component that is such a big characteristic to this beer. So as the time went by, popularity of the style in Leipzig grew and grew. And by the end of the 1800s, this style was considered local and unique to the city so they completely took it for themselves <laughs> and by 1900 even leipzig was the proclaimed or self-proclaimed who knows goza capital um, there were even gozen which is german for goza taverns all over the town of leipzig so little tiny tide houses little tiny taverns that all brewed their own version of this style so really really entrenched in the culture of the community and what these people like to drink really neat Um, the Goza style has such a regional speciality. It was actually even made exempt from the Reinheitsgebot, which we remember that's the German purity law of 1516. And that states that only barley can be used to make beer. And as I stated in the characteristics, right, there's up to 60% wheat in this grain bill. Well, they were exempt from Reinheitsgebot. You know, they were given full permission to brew the beer, how they intended to brew it. So really, really neat And that's like just another funny aside of like how German beer culture is so strict and so strict until it's not. (laughs) So unfortunately, this style did, you know, all good things must come to an end. And for reasons unknown, it became nearly extinct through the course of both World War I and World War II. So by the 1950s and even into the 60s, there was only a few handfuls of small pubs and very passionate brewers trying to keep this style alive. Some reports say it was as small as 18 brew pubs in total that was it and I'm sure they were brewing very small batches I mean this beer basically didn't exist <laughs> um, and as our story goes haha <laughs> no pun intended as our story goes the goza ends with the name with a man named uh, Lothar Goldhan and he kind of resurged this style um, he purchased an old goza Schnaken one of those old taverns in the 1980s. So almost 20 years after the style was basically no longer a thing. And he poured through old records. He interviewed people from older generations to better understand the style. And by 1985, he had convinced one of the larger breweries in East Berlin to start brewing the style of beer again. So it finally, you know, dug itself up out of the grave. Thanks to this man named, uh, Lothar and it caught fire and slowly, but surely, people really were like yeah this is a good style of beer What's brew this and it made its way over to the u.s craft beer market just as the american craft beer movement was starting to get happening and here we are there's a lot of breweries you don't see them too often but there are a lot of breweries that especially in the summertime, times brews this style of beer so really excited to chat about the beer we have in hand and we'll we'll get on to it third space brewing company out of milwaukee wisconsin for the fans of the pod that have been listening from way back when and this is episode 81 today which is crazy to think about that i'm already 80 episodes plus deep into this game but for people that remember i have had a third space beer on the podcast before and i want to give a shout out back to episode 16 i had their frog vice on and that was during my style history for the Berliner vice beer so Interestingly enough, both Third Space beers I've had on the pod now, both in the more sour orientated direction. Uh, so quick shout out, like I said, to that episode 16. If you want to look back on that, I said some really nice things about Third Space. Today I'll be a little briefer, but overall we'll give a little overview and a kind of an exciting thing upcoming for Third Space here. So it first opened in September of 2016 with a grand opening on November 19th, 2016 in the Menominee Valley, just down the road from the famous Solomons Pub and near Pottawatomie Bingo and Casino in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So third space is easy to get to, uh, and it very quickly gained ground and they were voted the best new brewer of 2016 in Wisconsin by ratebeer.com. And another aside I want to add to that, when we think about when Third Space opened, this is like at the turning point of the explosion of craft breweries opening up in the Milwaukee market. There were so many breweries that opened up from like late 2015 through 2017. And then obviously more and more have opened now, but there were like a big jump of there really wasn't much. And then boom, all of a sudden there was a bunch. So Third Space was right at the head of that curve. And the people that opened it up were Kevin and Andy. They're both Milwaukee natives and they met at summer camp (laughs) that they both attended just northwest and outside of the suburbs. Um, Kevin Wright, Andy Gale, Kevin had a really strong background in brewing with a certificate from UCAL Davis and from their master brewing program so he knew what he was doing and then Andy on the other hand was a background, he's an attorney, director of sales now, he definitely handles probably more of the business legal side of the brewery, great duo to make some great beers and run a great business and certainly they've continued to take off because you can find third space product on the shelves anywhere they do a ton of canning, a ton of distro but Overall, one thing I want to say as an update for the brewery that I may have not mentioned back then is their new patio that they have outside is in full swing. It is super nice. Um, They have a stage that is equipped to handle bands and other you know live acts so i think it's a great place to hang out in the summertime great place to throw back a great summer beer such as the one we're about to have today and then the other thing that third space does that's really neat that i didn't mention last time is they host the ipa fest every year which is a really cool beer drinking beer contest event in wisconsin this year we're only about a month away, a little over a month away. It's going to be on Saturday, August 5th from 2 to 5 p.m. Again, it's going to be at Third Space Brewing Space. Uh, they set up a lot of little booths outside in their new beer uh, patio, beer garden space, which is really neat. And the cool thing about that beer festival is, one, you can try great beers from a ton of wonderful Wisconsin breweries. But as a attendee of the festival, you actually get a chance to vote at you know what's best in show and that's a pretty cool prize the brewers take that pretty seriously as far as you know who won what the fan vote was for the day as far as the best ipa and of course if you're not an ipa drinker there will be other styles to drink there that day too but it's a really neat festival and i would you know encourage anyone to go check it out if they've got nothing to do on saturday august 5th but let's get on to today's beer Beer time! That's right. We have our one beer for the show today, and this is the Sounds of Summer. The Sounds of Summer is the Watermelon Goza from our friends at Third Space Brewing Company. This beer is weighing in at 5.5%, so just right on that upper boundary of what a traditional Goza style can be. And we are drinking this out of a 16-ounce traditional pounder today. And the can itself, along with a lot of other Third Space's... um, Labeling and marketing, very recognizable. The logo is very apparent. Boom, right there in the middle Third Space Brewing Company. There's some beautiful, you know, very bright summery green tones to this. It's a very inviting can. Um, And it also, on the side of it, talks about how this is uh, coordinating as a part of their Sounds of Summer uh, series, which I think is alluding to the bands, the musical acts, the talent that they have coming out on their wonderful, great time summer patio that I just talked about in the past segment. So I'm really excited to open this. So we'll get on to this pour. All right. So as we pour this beer out, it is a very straw, pale, light yellow color. Uh, There is a little bit of cloudiness, not from like a haze, so to speak, but some sediment sitting in there. And I'm not sure if that's adjunct sediment with the watermelon or if we're looking at maybe some unfiltered kind of uh, malted wheat sediment in there. But I think that's pretty befitting of the style and it's highly effervescent. There's a great amount of, you know, thin foam that's kind of coming on top of this as it's got poured into the glass. And I think it's going to be a very refreshing, nice bubbly drink. So let's get in for smell. Mmm, that is... Hold on, one more. Yeah, that's really nice. That's, I mean, there's citrus, like a floral, peppery notes, the hint of watermelon. It's just, it's in the back there. You kind of have to search for it. But overall, the nose is a little uh, acidic in nature, but not overwhelming. So I think, again, this this beer is right on cue with what this style the goza style should be so let's get in for a sip mm. oh nice one more mm. oh yeah that's uh that's good <laughs> this is a summer beer uh the first sip it was mildly tart, not over- and I'm, I'm a guy that likes tart sour beers so mind, mind you my, my tartness scale might be a little skewed but mildly tarts, a little tangy. Um, it has some really nice, bright, juicy citrus notes. And I think some of that tanginess might be coming from uh, the coriander, the peppery coriander notes that you get with this. So it's really playful. And one more. Mm-hmm. Again, the watermelon is present, more kind of mid-palate towards the back, but it doesn't dominate. This is still a tart beer. The watermelon is more of a complimentary adjunct as as far as that goes it's not the dominating adjunct that you see in some beers overall really refreshing and i think as we get into like the body of this beer i mean it has that one more yeah it's good it has that acidic mouthfeel um, and along with the acidity the effervescence of this it kind of just dances on the tongue there's a semi dry finish And then boom, right at the end and right as like the aftertaste, uh, in between all these sips I've been taking, there's noticeable saltiness and it just makes you want to go back for more and more and more. And I think that's a great attribute to this style of beer, let alone this specific beer that we have in hand and the balance of this beer. I think the acidic tartness is balanced out by a lot of those other attributes I just talked about. I think it's really playful, really dynamic. It's a great example of the style Drinkability. This is as crushable as crushable gets. <laughs> I mean, if it's a hot summer day, heck, if even if it's a lukewarm summer day, this beer would be great. Great to have. So I'm excited to get on to the rating of this one. <music> 025 as always on the ratings here. And this beer really impressed me. Uh, Third Space makes some really nice things. I think overall they've got a good portfolio of stuff that they have churning out month after month and year after year. But this is this is a winner. I really, really like this beer. And in light of thinking the Goza style, it has that mild tartness. It has that acidic nature. Um, it has the salt on the end. It has like this really nice, beautiful, peppery, floral, citrusy, juicy, bright. You know, all the things that you would want and a super drinkable, super crushable Goza-style beer. This is, they nailed this. I think it's really, really well done. Uh, I think the only thing that I can think of that downplays it is if you want more watermelon, maybe they could have added more watermelon, but I think there's a perfect amount in there. I think it's really, really well done. So with that, I'm going to give this a very strong rating of a 4.75 out of 5, and that's a review. be your fans that brings us to the end of today's episode thanks again for tuning this week and every week i appreciate your continued support and of course there's i think just one more day or a couple more days whatever how many more days are left in june here to vote me in as best podcast in madison for bestofmadison.com. of uh, i'm gonna have or best of madison magazine i'm going to have that link in the show notes here so feel free to vote if you haven't already and i really appreciate it If you want to see this beer out in the wild today, of course, I talked about the great distribution that Third Space has. But you can find their beers all across Wisconsin, into the eastern parts of Minnesota and Iowa as well. And they have a wonderful Find My Beer feature on their website. So check out their website. Go check out the brewery if you're in Milwaukee. Go check out IPA Fest. I think that'd be a really, really neat time. If I am able to and I have a free Saturday, I'm going to pop on over myself. So you might see me there and you can get... Buzzed with Brian. (laughs) But I'll make a post about this episode and all episodes to come. Feel free to reach me directly in the DMs on Instagram or send me an email buzzwithbrian at gmail.com. Happy to entertain any thoughts or ideas for the podcast or any beers. Or if you want to be on the podcast yourself, hop on. Let me know. And as always, can't wait to get back on the mic here and enjoy another couple beers especially in the summertime now. Cheers beers.